Oh, that's right. I used to be a DJ back when you had to do things with your hands. Now I still have to do things with my hands. Sorry, honey. Here we go. Season ending episode. Interview 32 of season three. I believe this is episode 176. It's the barrel roller, Matt Bernard. You should call me Matthew, though. I hate Matt. Why did I just call myself what I don't like? And my co-host is Rudy Swamp Fox Frias. Rudy, how are you doing? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm doing fantastic, and uh, I'm just, I'm just so excited to be here. I feel like, uh, <clears throat> I feel like we've reached the mountaintop where I didn't really have to do much climbing to get to the top of the mountain. Thanks to all the work you did, and I'm just here, uh, you know, I'm piggybacking to the top of the mountain. So thank you. Oh, we haven't talked about season four yet. Ah, uh, that backpack's going to be heavy, friend. Uh, <laughs> as here we are ending the season and we got ourselves a big fish. That's what you call it in the biz. Uh, I've seen this man in the vintage baseball community. I've seen this man singing karaoke in his backyard. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, oh my! Don't bring that up. <laughs> uh, Tom Fasalowicz, am I am I pronouncing your last name correctly? You got it perfect. Tom Fasalowicz, big bat from the New York Mutuals, but he's from so much more than that. He's uh, he's one of the gems that organizes vintage baseball because he loves it so much. And I didn't get a chance to sit down and talk with him uh when i was out there for old beth page so i get to do it now and then i'm gonna see him in the future it doesn't matter i am drinking the apple pie moonshine if you come to the ohio cup you know that rudy and i partake in the apple pie moonshine you can tell by how much we've had as the podcast goes throughout the day it's pretty bad if you listen to our interviews near the end of the day not great uh Okay, Tom, we're going to get into our hour here. I know we're going to let people in after an hour, and you, Rudy, and I are going to ask them each a question. We're going to just have some fun. We There's no there's no format. We don't know who's going to come in. It could be one person, could be ten. Who knows? But I'm going to start the interview with this. <clears throat> Tom, on social media on August 29th, you made a post. Uh, allow me to read. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, this, this, this goes along with something that's been kind of a topic of conversation on this podcast for the last month. So that's why I'm leading off with it. Let's just get it over with and then we'll move on. I've been resistant for a long time making this post, but today I succumb. In the area of accuracy, there are so many little things we can do to help with presentation, yet many don't. I follow many teams on Instagram and Facebook and constantly see pictures posted of guys wearing wristwatches, Livestrong bands, sunglasses, and sneakers, just to name a few inaccuracies. And to think these are just the ones I see through pictures, who knows how widespread this is. The sport lacks the respect it deserves partially due to these little inaccuracies. These are all easy fixes. Now stepping down. From my pedestal. You have a bigger pedestal to talk from right now, Tom. Okay. Uh, we're all on the same page here. Talk to me yeah. about these vintage baseball pet peeves of yours. Um, well, that day caught me in the mood, but um, 
um, I follow a lot of teams on Instagram and Facebook and um, teams like my team and my league um, post stuff to publicize their teams. And um, in my opinion, try and get respect for what we do. And uh, I constantly see teams posting people with obvious wristwatches, Livestrong bands, um, sunglasses I understand, but you have a choice of what pictures you post on Instagram and Facebook. Why choose these? That's really my main concern. And you're trying to publicize what we do and get a little respect. And I think this is kind of one of the things. I mean, we constantly, um, when I played Old Page Village and, and I run the program out there, um, get comments from fans. Oh, did they have Nike cleats back then or something like that when we have a new player? And uh, that's the first thing people notice. They always notice the inaccuracies first. I don't know why. Maybe it's a New York thing. I don't know. No, it's not a New York thing. It's a human thing. It's what it's what we do as humans. We just we look for the weakness and the soft spot, and we just I don't know. We go for it. I don't, Rudy. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I apologize. Um, that's a take that we have not really touched upon. Like, you control what you post. Like, um. There are some unfortunate incidents where there, uh, like a newspaper will take the picture, and then that's what is uh, made it out into the social media ether. But like, as far as clubs exist, if you're posting this, you can control this. Like, if you recognize that there is a slip up, someone's wearing a watch, someone's wearing uh, sunglasses. Shoot people from the waist up if they're having if they have cleats on. Like you can you can uh, help uh, with this this issue that the community uh, is facing, and that's such a that's such a simple take that we've just never spoken about. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, that's what gets me most, and um, I I understand the little inaccuracies, and I understand guys you know accidentally leaving a watch on and stuff like that. But you don't have to post the picture. Speaking of pictures, I posted a picture uh, today of a young big bat. Maybe before he <laughs> was a big bat or when he was becoming a big bat, you got a big H on your chest in uh, a yep. a thick bat all the way through the handle. Tell us about this picture. Uh, this is a picture taken by a professional photographer from Florida. When I first started playing, um, I was playing for a village team at Old Beth Page, um, the Hempstead Eurekas which was an actual team. And uh, the bat was like a hand-carved bat. It was, it was like, I think it was 38. I don't know what the weight was. And um, the umpire, Gary Monty, gave me the nickname Big Man, Big Bat. And then it got shortened to Big Bat. And no no uh, disrespect to the original Big Bat Anderson, because I know he's the original. but um, And we're good friends. Um, I stuck with the name. I, I have a can I can I tell a quick story about the big bat and big bats? Um, the first time that I made it to Old Beth Old Beth Page in 1998 with the Ohio Village Muffins, uh, everyone was like, "Oh, we there's a bit there's another big bat," and, you know, and you're <laughs> like, "There's only one big bat," and then and then we all met Tom, and we're like, "Nope, that's he's big bat." Like, like you don't, you don't, you don't argue with the man of Tom's size. You were, you're just like, no, yep, you're big bet. There you go. So it was, uh, 
it was it was just like wonderful to like you know because you know big bad anderson means a lot to the midwest and ohio and and, and you oh, already know that and and i think that that uh two two people sharing that that nickname and and two quality people in the in the community it, it just i think it, it just makes the nickname more reverential and important so i just wanted to it was just a funny thing because you know i was just some punk teenager with my brothers and we're like oh no there's only one big bat and then we saw you and we're like no that nope he's big bat too he can be big bat too so i remember playing against you then and actually i remember playing you with the isle village yeah muffin yep. meadows good times <laughs> you were like 17 i think at the time when <laughs> yeah. first played you yeah. Oh, memory. <laughs> Had still no business intact. being out there. <laughs> yeah. Mind like a sharp tack, Tom. Still, still hanging in there with that great. I don't hair. know what I had for dinner, but I remember that. <laughs> Wait, no. Uh, so you said the picture was uh, your first year. When was that? Um, 97, I believe. 96. Okay. It was 97. I think it was like my first full season. Okay. So we're going to start from your earliest memories of baseball. This has to be something we get into. Your very first memories all up until today. You've got a lot of organizing. You've got a lot of vintage baseball in this. This could take a while, and this is what we want. This is the goods. This is why you're the season ender, Tom. Hit us with every single solitary little detail. Your very first memories as a child of the game of baseball. Ah. Uh. Well, that would be um, playing Little League. Uh, I uh, played for a team. They were sponsored. They, there's, they had sponsors back then. I don't know if they, you know, what they do now as far as. Um, but we were sponsored by Manetta Hill Carvel, which was uh, Carvel's an ice cream store out here in New York, very famous. And um, my, my greatest memories, whenever we won, we got free ice cream. <laughs> and that was one of my favorite memories of uh Little League, and that was way back when I was like eight years old. Let me ask you this. Uh, so around before, what dinosaurs were around. Before you start Little League at eight years old, are you playing baseball around the neighborhood with the kids in the neighborhood, or is that your Absolutely. first? Absolutely. Okay, so I Absolutely. always ask this because this is my favorite question to ask because the answers are so diverse and awesome. You can't get 17 other kids to play baseball in your neighborhood. You can't. It's impossible to do. No. You gather up as many kids as you can, and you adjust the rules according to how many people you have and your and whatever you have for a field. It could be anything. What did the games in your neighborhood look like when you were that young? When we didn't have enough people, and believe it or not, we did have, back when I played, uh, we did have like two neighboring areas, not different towns, but they're in the same town, where we did get 18 people. But when we didn't have enough, you'd play half field, where you'd have a second base, uh, I'm sorry, a shortstop and a third baseman. Anything to the right of the second base bag was foul. Everything else you had to hit was fair. So lefties are out of luck, <laughs> bottom line. And you play with a, a, short, a center fielder, a left fielder, shortstop, third base, uh, pitcher, catcher. You did, not, you did not move over for left-handed batters. You just told them learn how to hit it the other way. Yeah, pretty much. You're a cold bastard, pretty Tom. Much. We didn't have many <laughs> at that time. So you got to play around uh, like that, like just about everybody. You hit the Little League. Did you Did you follow every level of Little League, or when did you stop? I stopped at Connie Mack, which was about 14 years old. Um, 
couldn't hit the curveball. I had a lot of trouble with the curveball. So, um, you know, nowadays uh, I do play overhand. Well, I have played overhand in the past. It wasn't, it isn't such a problem, but when you're 14 years old trying to hit a curveball, you're always worried about getting hit and that kind of thing. And, uh, I just had trouble with the curveball. I get the ball, a long ball, very far, but a straight ball, but not the curveball. Some would say, uh, Jesus Christ couldn't hit a curveball. I've heard that. I've heard uh, that. <laughs> I've heard that. So you I assume Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball. <laughs> uh, so Tom, you 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 drop out at 14 years old of baseball, and so I assume you didn't continue in high school then. No, I did not. No, I did not. And so, but we, but you were still playing in the in the neighborhood. We kept playing, but we played softball. Um, no, and uh, like I said, we had two teams, so basically from around the area, and uh, we uh, got uniforms and everything. We sponsored our own uniforms, and we played softball. And uh, so, boy, you probably went. Did you enter as you uh, as you came into your early twenties? Were you uh, playing in organized softball leagues? Yeah, I played uh, competitive softball till till I played vintage baseball. Um, so with a very competitive team um, from New Jersey, actually. So I had to travel a little bit, and uh, jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, part of the reason I left it was the competitiveness was too much and it was too strong and. Um, I came across vintage baseball and I'm jumping ahead to your, probably your next question. Um, I came across vintage baseball at Obafade restoration and, uh, fell in love with it and loved the gentlemanly play I'll say, and the camaraderie and having looked back. Well, you definitely so, love um, the camaraderie. That's for sure. Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you nailed the camaraderie. Um, <laughs> How how did you come across vintage baseball? Like, if you're playing competitive softball, are those worlds mixing in like Jersey, or like did you see an ad in the paper? What was that like? Um, no, I didn't. It, the worlds didn't mix. In fact, they're totally different. But um, I was actually at the library one day, and that'll surprise some of my friends that I can actually <laughs> read. <laughs> and I saw a flyer for vintage baseball, and um, I called down and. Uh, they said, uh, come down. And I watched the game, and um, there's a gentleman named Lip. I don't know if you uh, – oh. I'm sure, Rudy, you remember him? Oh, yep. And uh, Lip was playing first base uh, at the time, saw me standing in the crowd, and basically stopped the game, yelled at me, and said, you got to get in this game and play. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to give you hey, – a barrel roller, just to give you a little context uh, – when we were trying to pick a nickname for JD, uh, Lip was the first nickname because, like, my mm. brothers and I, we knew Lip, and and Lip never met a person that he didn't like to talk to or an opinion that he didn't like to share, and and at full volume, and that's like a lot like JD. But we were like, nope, no, there shouldn't be another Lip, so we just called JD yeah. Mouth. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he he met his nickname pretty strong. <laughs> he was definitely uh, he was definitely loud. <laughs> yeah. So the flyer at the library probably not a very good recruiting tool nowadays. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that would work out for <laughs> no, anybody. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, don't try that one. 
what do you do? Uh, we're going to jump around now. What do you do when you're organizing? You organize events. You're in charge of the uh, program at Old Beth Page. What are some of the tools you've used to recruit new players instead of just word of mouth and getting everybody's cousins? It's difficult because um, I've, I've been in charge of Old Beth Page for like 20 years now. And um, we've had our ebb and flows. I mean, we had like, and maybe they'll blame it on me, but like when I started in 96, 97, we had like nine teams and we had an overhand league, 1887 league as well. And um, it that was basically started, um, that, that buildup was from the Smithsonian Magazine um, that went out in, I think it was 96 or 97, 97 so I was in it. Um, that really helped us recruit and the baseball strike in 94 also helped uh from what i'm told but uh we've had ebb and flows where we've gone down now we're down to four teams um a solid four teams but um our recruiting just to answer your question which i'll get to eventually but uh (laughs) is we 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 go word of mouth we don't advertise in papers because unfortunately we're under red tape with the with the village, we we can only do so much with Nassau County. Um, so we do flyers. We do um, uh, we get t- we get TV exposure, which we we get a lot of every now and then. It, um, the news stations will come down. Um, the Conan O'Brien thing helped a lot uh, for those that haven't seen Warren. What was we the were on Conan O'Brien while we're there? While we're there, let's stop there for a second. Yeah. For one, when I was at Old Beth Page, Gary Monte walked in front of me, and I turned to my wife, and I said, oh, it's Gary Monte from the uh, Conan O'Brien sketch, and he heard me, and he looked at me, and he goes, ah, that's all I'm going to be remembered for. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. Don't even let him tell you otherwise. He loves it. He looks the same, except for the I know the, the age and the hair, but he looks the same. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. uh but when the Conan O'Brien sketch hits TV, what was it like in the immediate aftermath of that? Was it was it more media trying to piggyback on that, or was was were people yeah. showing up to to try to be involved? Yeah, there was there was a lot of piggybacking on it. Um, we're probably the, the village is probably one of Long Island's best kept secrets. Everybody, um, everybody I talked to then and now say, oh, I remember that place. I went there as a kid on a field trip, but they don't go back. And um, the Conan O'Brien brought light back to the village, and there was a lot more people did come out and play. And that's kind of when we were at our peak as far as teams. I think we're up to nine at that point or ten. And um, a lot of people did come out. And say, yeah, but you know, uh, we get comments still to this day about that piece. Um, I know a lot of people were uh, in the vintage community were like a little down on it because it made fun of vintage baseball, but you have to have a sense of humor. Yeah, any publicity is good publicity. It did, he did make a joke of it, but he also says to this day, it's the favorite thing he's ever done. I mean, that is a, yeah, he one. said. Yeah, he said that's going to be what he wants to be played at his funeral when it happens. <laughs> that's his favorite bit. I've been trying to get a hold of Nell for a year now to be on the podcast. So if you ever come across oh, yeah. somebody who has contact information for her, just kind of slide it to me. 
without telling anybody. Mel? Who's Mel? Nell. Nell is the woman in the Conan O'Brien oh, sketch. And she's, oh, Nell. Okay. She's amazing. Uh, she's an actress, and I know a lot of uh, the background of her. I've seen a lot of uh, pieces done uh, from her afterwards. She's done some interviews, and I've been trying to get, uh, you know, she probably doesn't want to be found. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I've heard stories about her, and uh, she was, um, I didn't get to go that day because it was a Tuesday, and stupid me went to work instead, and uh, <laughs> I regret it to this I regret it to this day, but I, all my friends were, you know, for the most part in it, and uh, they said she was spot on, and she was in character the whole time. And, uh, you know, well, everything you see on that, on that particular, um, show was pretty much authentic from the spot. It was not scripted at all. I think Conan spent about six or seven hours, believe it or not, at the village doing that. And everything he did was ad lib. And uh, all the people there said that he was, um, hilarious. I mean, he, uh, as you can see from the piece, but, uh, they said there were some things that maybe weren't appropriate that they cut out. <laughs> they said it was pretty funny. The, one of the interviews I saw with now is this is like that character is something she created kind of on the spot. She thought about it a little bit beforehand, but we're talking minutes, not, not days. And, uh, yeah. and then that character is actually who she acted like the rest of the season at old Beth page as the volunteer. So she was that character. Uh, yeah, for the rest of the season. So that would have been great for people to come check her. I, I, my dog, sorry. Uh, I, heard, I heard, um, a story from somebody from the, the village that, uh, they saw her at a bus stop once in her costume. <laughs> they said hi to her and she was exactly like character. It's like she, once she was dressed, she couldn't get out of character. It's, it's, <laughs> I've never seen her on anything else. I guess you've seen more about her than I have, but this, uh, she was pretty funny. Uh, okay. Back to you, Tom. Uh, let's, let's go through a retrospective of your vintage baseball career. The very first club you hook up with, you referred to earlier as one of the clubs that played at the, uh, old Beth page program that doesn't exist anymore, I guess, cause I haven't heard that name before, but, uh, tell us from the beginning of your vintage baseball career, <laughs> all the, all the teams you've played with, all the jumping around you've done. And especially when did you realize that you wanted more to do with vintage baseball than just playing? Okay. Uh, well, some of the, the vintage baseball clubs that I play, and you're texting my memory right now. Well, the Hempson Eurekas was the first team that I played for. Um, in overhand, I played for the Belmore Seminoles. Um, I played for the Mineola Washingtons. I started on the travel team, the Brooklyn Atlantics. Um, Things happened. Uh, Some of us separated from the Brooklyn Atlantic without getting um, messy about it, but it's all good now. And we became, uh, formed another team called the New York Mutuals. And uh, those are pretty much the teams I've played for. I'm probably missing a couple. Well, you probably Um, barnstormed around a little bit and played a smattering here or there when teams needed somebody. Old Beth Page at the the program, right? So, Yeah. Uh, are you still involved with yeah. the, with the mutuals? What's that? Are you still involved with the mutuals? 
yeah, I'm still the president and I still do scheduling. Um, I played uh, one game last year um, due to my bad knees. I'm, this is, that was probably my last season. I don't know. I'm really trying to get back. I've had a knee replacement, so that's uh, it's tough to come back from. But, uh, yes, I'm very involved with the Mutuals at this point. I'm, I've always told guys that I'm ready to pass it on anytime they're ready, but it's, it's a young crew. Um, pretty much most of them are 30-ish and under. Um, so so I'm, I'm still I'm still a contact guy. Uh 1997 is when you started. When did you start having aspirations of being more involved? Um, it kind of got thrust upon me. Um, like I said, I, we, I went from the Atlantics to the Mutuals. And when the Mutuals, um, when we decided we were going to form another team, um, players asked me to um, research that and come, you know, come up with a, a plan and it kind of, it kind of, um, we got thrown a game at the very last, um, through all that page, we got thrown a game and, um, I think it was 1999, um, a paying gig where we were to go upstate New York and we were told to do this at like 11 o'clock at night. And we got a team together by, and by four in the morning we were leaving. And, um, basically they, elected me captain and president of the team and i i researched it a little further and found the, uh, the mutual or actual team back in the 19th century and uh from there for a couple of years later uh, gary monty said he had enough of uh running Obeth page he was he ran it for a long time and uh i said i'd take over and um nobody's uh thrown a coup yet so i'm good <laughs> if you were in your prime and you could join any team for a season that's in vintage baseball across the country, it couldn't be a team that you've already played on. What team would that be? Uh, the first team that comes to mind is the Canton Corn Shockers. Um, if I was in my prime, uh, I like the way they travel. Um, as the original mutuals, we traveled a lot. We went to, uh, our, I think, it's seventeen different states in Canada. Um, but I see the corn shuckers now, um, from what I follow, um, travel a lot, and I think that's a lot of the fun of the game. Can corn shuckers they, are a true gem, Rudy? I'll I'll send it to you right after I say this. They are, uh, they're a bunch of guys that started the team because they just enjoyed each other's company so much and wanted to play baseball with each other. You never see them get emotional on the field. They're always under control because they're having the times of their lives at all times and they travel brilliantly. And I, I expect it to go on for another handful of years until Mike Feeney uh, gets a girlfriend that he likes. Rudy. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think you mean finds a partner that can keep up with him. Uh, ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've that, that I've said it before. Barrel roller. This is very funny because our the very first time that you were on the Vintage Baseball podcast at the very first uh, Michigan Vintage Baseball Festival, Never heard I of said the Canton Corn Shuckers. I was like, 
they remind me of the Capitals in the early years because we didn't have a home field. So all we did was travel. And like we had the same, like, you just still like you we still were don't have a home before. field. You still don't well, have a do. home field. No, we do have a home field. It's home just games? Not, nobody wants to come and play <laughs> us at our home field. Everybody wants us to go to them. So, but no, yeah, they, they, they are um, bitter for me and big bad. I don't, I mean, we kind of like come from the same era as far as like getting into the vintage baseball. They remind me of some, like some of the vintage baseball teams back in the mid nineties, the early nineties that were just like, they were just a force on and off the field, but a good, in a good way. So yeah, I, I yeah. would totally agree with you. Yeah, they absolutely remind me of the early mutuals. Um, yeah. back, back when we played in the, the late '90s and early 2000s, and uh, they they enjoy it. Um, they've come to our place and played, and they're they're open to changes and differences, and uh, uh, their open mindedness is really what I like. But I love the traveling too. Oh yeah, they were so giddy about playing that overhand baseball game at Old Beth Page. So giddy, and uh, I know. You know, and they kicked ass. <laughs> they certainly did, but I mean, if you throw that, if you throw that to a lot of teams in the Midwest, they're like, mm. like if you threw that yes. catchers that catchers mitt to somebody, <laughs> to most catchers in the Midwest, they're going to be like, "Where's the rest of it?" Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. You just hit the nail on the head there, barrel roller. Like. I mean, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. Uh, baseball, it. Mid-Atlantic baseball, East Coast, they they have they feel a certain way about the way vintage baseball is played in the Midwest. And uh, it's it hasn't been a secret. And I feel like to have an ambassador in the Midwest, like the Canton Cornchuckers, that are willing to travel and, and play the right way and, and play... <laughs> Uh, and and just be open to it and and embrace it. That they're doing, they're helping out Midwest vintage baseball more than they know. Rudy, that oh, absolutely, absolutely. That, that reminds people like them and that Cork, and Corky Gaskell, uh, another person that's helping out a lot in that way. The Zoom diva, if you will call him. Uh, yeah. That reminds me of the the new uh, tagline Rudy and I came up with: vintage baseball in the Midwest, baseball the way it's never been played. there are a few teams out there that are playing i I won't say the right way because i I don't insult anybody but playing with free stealing and uh playing the way it was played Mm -hmm. well it's funny because when i first came into vintage baseball the mount clemens regulars here in michigan uh were looked down upon because they played the right rules and nobody wanted to do that. And they couldn't get people to come and play by their rules. And I think, to go full circle on this subject matter, I think the Canton Cornshuckers have opened it to where the Mount Clemens has been able to branch out and play some clubs under the correct uh, 1864 rules. So I think the yeah. Cornshuckers have helped in that yeah. matter. That's good. I, I think, you know... Uh, I, I don't want to beat this dead horse, but do I it, think beat it. A lot of people uh, that come <laughs> that come into vintage <laughs> baseball are coming from softball, and they're coming from softball. And in softball, 
bottom line is the catcher is probably the least important position in softball, uh, in my opinion, and uh, in regular men's softball. Uh, so they put the, the least skilled person back there and they say, how can you possibly catch somebody stealing? And the bottom line is, according to Chadwick, and I'm not going to get too much into the rules because that's not what we're about, but according to Chadwick, the catcher's got to be the best player on your team. Yes. He's the most athletic player on your team. And if you do that, you catch people stealing. Now, at Olbeth Page, um, it's different than the mutuals. We're, we're a variety of, uh, of skills, a variety of players. We have players from 17 all the way up to 70. And you got people that are no way are going to steal, and you got people that are no way going to throw people out, and yet it happens because it's it's an even field, an even playing field. You don't have it's not the um, the Hempstead or Eureka's playing against the Canton Cornsuckers. The Hempstead Eureka's would have guys that are seventy, and they of course it's not going to happen. But if you're playing an even it's team, uh, uh, even skill wise. Yeah, you could throw people out. Yeah, you can curb stealing. And the bottom line is stealing was prevalent back then. People stole at will. It, it says it all the time. Um, I've read many articles where um, they say the player made his third after getting a hit, meaning he stole second and third. Um, it's pretty obvious. I'm sorry. I'm beating that head horse. Go ahead, no, you're, that's what <laughs> no, we want. No, that's this fine. is fantastic. Yes. I mean – Let's be honest. Like it, it, it feels like beating a dead horse because it doesn't go away. It, it, exactly, <laughs> it's still happening. So, what, what, um, what is it's the uh, repetition is the key to mastery. So, like, as long as we keep talking about it and we have clubs who are willing to adapt and change, like. There, there will be progress. There is progress. There's more progress now than there was in the 90s. I'll never forget the 98, uh, uh, the conversation on that Sunday. <clears throat> it wasn't a conversation. It was more of a huddle. And tempers were high because there were two very different <laughs> um, interpretations of, of rule set and how to play. And so... Considering from where we started to where we are now, there is progress, but it's small and it takes conversations like this and people like you, Tom, to like keep it going. So it, it's so. small. It's been a 27 year uh, <laughs> fight for me. I mean, I, I'm at the end of the fight. I'm not fighting anymore, but uh, I understand. But I, I almost feel like um, there's two different mindsets of teams out there. There's vintage baseball. And there's 19th century baseball. And that, that's the way I kind of look at it. Um, when people say, do you play vintage baseball? I, I, I attach myself and say, yes, but I said, we play 19th century baseball, which is we play by the rules the way they were back then. And um, anybody who is listening to this and says, well, there wasn't stealing back then, feel free to send me an email or a text or go on my Facebook and I will show you where there is. But <laughs> um this has been going on for 27 years. Sure. Uh, some of the strange things. And people are so, I'll give you an example. People are so um, resistant to this that uh, I think it was 2004. Um, I'm not sure of the exact, I think it was the BBVA convention was in St. Louis. Um, I think that was the year. And uh, Eric Micklick and I, and uh, another teammate, Stephen Sullivan, went to the convention. And they always had the convention game. 
where you play the old comers game or whatever, whatever they called it. And um, Eric wanted to pitch. And I was his catcher at the time, believe it or not. And um, which that's a whole other story. But <laughs> we uh, we said, you know, can we play three innings with stealing? And we'll show you that people can get thrown out because I didn't have the best arm, but I was quick. And with Eric throwing the ball as fast as he does, um, we, we were able to get people out when we played for the mutuals. But uh, they, they said no. We said we're not we're not going to do this, and it, it's that kind of mindset that you know it's just like it needs to change, and it will. Just to just to let you know that um, I mean the Micklick style of pitching has has made its way into the Midwest. Um, yeah, I I am not going to say that I was the torch carrier, but. I will say that I have gotten oh, so much blowback. Here we go from uh, people saying you're not allowed to pitch that fast. There's rules saying you can't pitch that fast, <laughs> and and that's it, it's a hard conversation to have because you don't want to be rude, but there are people have their heels dug in. And you're right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, it's. Um... It, it, and it's it's very well documented. You could if you if anybody's read game accounts from 1864 or 1860, swift pitching, as it was called, is very common. And um, Jim Creighton was one of the first guys to do that. And that's 1860 we're talking about. So it happened. It, it happened. And um, you know, it, it just because you can't do it doesn't mean it didn't happen. We'll just mock those people in the future relentlessly. Uh, maybe just yell wrong to them and then just, that's it. Just wrong. There you go. <laughs> okay, Tom, uh, before we get, uh, on to the next subject matter, uh, I want a couple stories. Here's a couple of stories I want. Yeah. Uh, the mutuals traveled so well, you have to have a mutual travel story. And I also want your best Anthony Canino story. Ooh, <laughs> Anthony Canino. Oh my <laughs> I'm not sure I could tell those on the air. <laughs> oh, you can. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, my, my best, my best travel story. Um, I believe it was also 2004 or maybe 2002. You know, whatever. We did a barnstorming tour um, where we actually rented a bus, a coach bus, the mutual sisters, and um, we went to eight different cities in nine days. I'm sorry, seven different cities in nine days. We played eight games. Um, and we tried to, uh, I tried to, I set this up trying to recreate the um, uh, the original eight National League teams of 1876. And we, we took the bus. We went from Philly to Boston to Akron, which wasn't one of the cities, but we made do. Um, and we, we, with 10 guys, we traveled across the country all the way to Hannibal, Missouri, which was our last two games, um, and somehow made it. But the the, the story that I want to tell, this, the, the funny part of the story, is um, we got to Hannibal, Missouri, and uh, one of my teammates was a, a, a New York City guy. I'm a Long Islander, and uh, there is a difference, and he's hardcore, and... Uh, we're walking down Hannibal in the town of, after playing our two games. 
uh, and I, I don't like to brag about it, but we won eight out of eight. Um, and uh, we're walking down the streets of Panama, Missouri after our games, and it's Tom Sawyer days um, for for celebrating, you know, Mark Twain, Tom Sawyer days. And they're having all kinds of different contests, and they're having a, a whitewash uh, whitewash defense contest. And we're sit, we're on the sideline betting on the whitewash. Who's going to win the whitewash? They're like seven-year-old kids whitewashing offense. <laughs> we're betting on that. And my friend, the guy from New York City, is walking down the streets of Hannibal, Missouri, wholesome as can be. You can't get any more wholesome than this event. And he's wearing a shirt that says New York fucking city. And people are parting the ways <laughs> as we walk down the street. As he's wearing the street, there's the shirt saying New York fucking city. Oh, man. Moses parting the Red yeah. Sea. You know, you didn't have to wait in line anywhere. <laughs> uh, Anthony Canino. Come on, Tom. Uh, Anthony Canino. I got to think about his. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. <laughs> He's Anthony Canino, uh, for those I'm sure I've heard on his er, the earlier podcasts, plays for the Atlantics, but he f- fills in for the mutuals a lot um, when, we, when we're short. And uh, we consider him an honorary mutual. Um, and his uncle is Big Tech from the Atlantics. Uh, the only thing I could think of for Anthony Canino's story is the fact that he gets naked very easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the bottom. Oh, that damn twisted tea. <laughs> <laughs> Who drinks twisted tea anymore? Come on. <laughs> he still drinks but twisted he, tea. I, I mean, you know, we're playing in Cincinnati. It was 100 degrees. He's taking his shirt off. He says, can I take my pants off? I'm like, no, you can't wear shorts. And he's playing in the outfield. And uh, that will be my best story about it. Hey, pop, move. Uh, Tom, what is it that you uh, do for a living? I'm a retired school teacher. Uh, yeah. So, how many years were you teaching, and what subjects? Um, I, I was a, mainly a physical education teacher, although I taught uh, health and computer science as well. Um, I did it for 20 plus years. So when what you're grade in- level, oh. mainly elementary. So wait a second. This is my theory. Barrel roller. Uh-huh. This is why he is a perfect leader for vintage baseball because he can work with children. <laughs> I thought it was because he had to teach young boys about their penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, no. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I, Rudy, I think you got it on the, the nail on the head. <laughs> oh, damn it. I thought I won yeah. that one. All right. <laughs> no, it's definitely, uh, <laughs> you know, we have, a, we have a joke amongst the mutuals from the mutuals of past, which I still keep in contact with, and none of them are still on the team. I'm the only one really left from the original mutuals and uh, the mutuals of the present um, that how many, uh, when is Big Beck going to quit the team? Always on the second, the second day of the festival is usually the day I quit the team. And last year, I think, was the first time I'll send out an email, hit send, and then want to hit regret it immediately, mainly because deal with children. Yeah, and if you're yes. listening, mutuals, I'm sorry, but you know it's true. Uh, school teacher, health teacher. Uh, do you have a do you have a, a, a 
teacher's lounge story from when you were a teacher? I usually didn't go into the teacher's lounge. I'm going to be honest because um, mainly because the, the teachers, all the teachers that I uh, like to bicker and complain, and I wasn't that way. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, about, I wasn't much of a teacher's lounge guy. How about this? Nastiest thing you saw in the boys' locker room? Jeez, uh, I don't really. Since we were elementary, we really didn't have boys' locker rooms. Sorry. But maybe as a player, a guy reusing the same jock over and over uh, was one. Was it because he was winning? Uh, maybe it was. I didn't <laughs> ask. I was afraid to. Tom, do you have any superstitions of when you were playing baseball? On a regular basis. I have the obvious superstitions. Um, I mean, not stepping on the, the baseline is one that I still do. You don't step on the foul lines. Um, that's that's one major one that I do. And I, I will, if, if I'm having a hot streak, I'll stick with it. I have the same bat that I've used for 27 years. I have not broken this bat. It was a Phoenix bat. Phoenix bat. Phoenix came to the original festival. I think it was 97. And uh, Lefty was there and uh, had a sample bat. And I liked it. It was 35-35. And he said, it's really good wood. It's a good sample. And he's explaining it to me. And I said, I'm buying it. I bought it. Still have it. Still use it. So you have an original Phoenix bat, like with the the branded circle logo and everything. That's that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I've used it in overhand games, too, which I'm surprised it hasn't broken. Yeah. Hey, Rudy, while we're here, I want to ask you the same question and get your answer for that. Other than losing your hair when you have a good game, was there any superstitions you had? That's I've had so many good games, <laughs> as you can tell. The, I, I, the streak continues. Uh, the, uh, I have to talk to, well, the only thing is, is I have to talk to one of my brothers before the game starts. Like, we, whether it's a uh, be safe out there and, you know, a little, little pat on the butt or, a, you know, uh, just a, I got to talk to one of them before the game starts. I've I got to say something before, uh, not about superstitions, but while I got you on, Ruby, um, say hi to your dad for me. He was a great, he's a great guy and yeah. one of the original players that I tried to emulate. And uh, he, he's a tough dude. Oh my gosh, my dad loves you, man. My I literally <laughs> he was just over here not too long ago. And yeah, he, he I, I will tell him he thinks the world of you. He loved like being out in Gettysburg. Part of the reason we were we went back to Gettysburg this year was just to see everybody because my dad hasn't seen people because you know his playing days have kind of slimmed down a little bit. He tries to he gets to like one or two games in a year. And so he um yeah, man, he's he's still going at it. Loves it so much. I mean, that's part of the reason I go to Gettysburg now too. As I'll ump a, a couple of games, but we usually have a good squad, and I go to see people. And seeing your dad a couple of years ago was great, and uh, you know, you, seeing all the people you talk to on Facebook is wonderful. You know, and this was before uh, my dad and 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 Lip obviously hit it off um, very 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 quickly, and my very first game in with the with the gothams in the summer of 2008 i was i was playing the atlantics scared out of my mind 
just I don't know why. I was just nervous because I was like, nobody knew me. No one on the Gotham's knew who I was, and no one like uh, 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 Anthony TC knew who I. We recognized each other, but we hadn't seen each other in what 10, 15, uh, 10 years or so. So he yeah. goes, the per the first person that recognizes me is the lip, and I'm out at shortstop, <laughs> and he goes. I knew his father from back in the day, like screaming about my dad, going on about my dad. And the Gotham's are looking at me like I'm crazy because they have no idea that like I've played, I've been playing vintage baseball for like 13 years at that time. Right. And it was just like my dad, I've been hanging on to his coattails <laughs> for, <laughs> forever. <You and> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Tom, do you think that uh, when you finally succumb to the knee, and you realize you're not going to take the field anymore. Are you still going to stay with the program at Old Beth Page and run that? Absolutely. Um, I'm, I, I've taken to umpiring a lot more. I enjoy it, and I enjoy educating the young guys on uh, being a teacher. Education is everything, and uh, I enjoy educating people on the history. And I still have hopes that someday all the teams will play by the correct rules. No, get get over it. it ain't happening. But I'll tell you I this. Know I need to get first, I, know. <laughs> uh, I will tell you this. The event I went to was phenomenal. You were an incredible host on and off the Beth Page grounds. Yeah, we didn't talk much. Yeah, yeah. You were. Uh, it was all the karaoke. <laughs> you have a lovely home. Uh, it's perfect for um, having people over. You must do that a lot, I assume. Uh, do you have any Christmas lights up at your house right now? No, what, what was I that? do not. I, I recently, <laughs> I recently redid all the, um, the foliage or bushes in front of my house and pulled them out. And well, I didn't do it. I had somebody do it. And, uh, I, I was like, I gotta get out and hang the lights. And I just realized there's no bushes out there. I can't, <laughs> I, you know, I, I put new, new growth up there. So, and I'm not getting on the ladder. <laughs> uh, no. I'm sorry. You have to find somebody in the neighborhood to hang your lights for you. Then, you know, they have companies, Absolutely. something I learned uh, at yeah. 50 years old is they actually have companies that will just come and put Christmas lights up and then tear them down and take them away. And you just have to pay for that service. Like, I don't know. It feels like a ripoff. Since I have four kids, you think one of them would come over and do it. That's <laughs> Why can't they do it together? Stupid kids. What's that? Why don't they do it together and make it easier <laughs> instead of just one feeling like it's their duty? Just come on. Uh, if, if all four of them came over to your house and did it, it wouldn't take that long at all. Thank you. And they just I'm might learn this. something I'm, along I'm, the I'm way. That. <laughs> uh, Tom, if if you woke up tomorrow morning and I was laying in bed next to you and I said, Tom, you have the power right now to get rid of one vintage pet peeve. It's going to disappear. It's never going to exist again, but you can only pick one because the rest of them are going to get worse. What is the one that you're making universal uh, throughout the country? Wait, the first question is, am I the big spoon or the little spoon? Spooning leads to forking, Tom. I think we all know that. So there's no spooning happening while you're awake. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right. It's definitely stealing. It's definitely stealing. Oh, it's definitely the stealing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, I've got a list. If you want me to pull it out, there's like a hundred things on it. God, you you probably did have a list at one time. You probably were just writing things down and just here. Let me ask you, because I remember your post that I read at the beginning of this episode, and I commented on that post with something that really hurt me. And this is, this is going to make me look bad, but I'm willing to go on to this branch because I've had a lot of moonshine and some fireball and I'm a light date. I'm a, I'm cheap. Uh, I went to the Ohio cup and I saw a team full of t-shirts. I know which team you're talking about. You do. Because I've no, I've heard of multiple teams that do this. I'm well, okay. I'm pretty sure I know the team you're talking about and I'm not going to mention the team name because I'm not going to pick on them. Um, because I think everybody that's doing this is, it's got the right intentions, but the funny thing is back in that St. Louis convention that you talked about, and maybe this will give away the team. I don't know. Um, one of the persons that was the leader of this group, the group that I'm thinking of, mind you, was talking about how easy it is to raise money through your team and talking about how they raised $5,000 and everything. And then I looked up the team and they're in t-shirts And I figured, okay, it's the first year they're wearing T-shirts. That just made it worse. Um, and I looked it up this year, and they're still wearing T-shirts. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm curious. First of all, <laughs> first of all, where's the fun in that? You're just playing basically softball. Yeah. Second of all, one of the things we do as the mutuals is sometimes we'll play an event and outfit the other team in uniforms we have a second set of uniforms that we put the other team in for, for paying events. And, um, the, the, one of the, the comments we get every time after the games is how cool it was to be wearing these uniforms and how cool it was to be playing these rules. But, but the, if they were playing in shorts and a t-shirt or long pants and a t-shirt, you wouldn't get the same response. They, they love the uniforms and I don't understand why a team would play in t-shirts. Uh, all right, Rudy, go ahead and share that link on our on our page, and we can start getting people in. We just won't let them. Uh, we just won't let them in, and make sure that you we're just dealing with one person at a time. So you unmute okay. somebody, and then mute them when we're done with them, and then bring in. I don't know if we're going to get one or twelve. Uh, so, but I want to go back to this, Tom. You. They raised $5,000. I want to see their tax returns. I agree. <laughs> what I, I are they spending they, that money on? That should be the, the number one expense. Unless they're taking Absolutely. care of travel. I mean. It, it's it's easy to do. It's a, it's, it's the first thing you do. Um, I, I understand there are teams out there, especially out here on the East Coast, where they have to pay for their fields and uh, or pay, you know, you definitely should be paying for insurance and things like that, but it doesn't equal $5,000. Uh, right. Especially since you can get at Gone Brothers or, you know, KP Weaver or So, so Not Mo, whatever it is, you can get them for, you know, a song, basically. it's It sounds expensive, but it really isn't. I always say baseball is a game of chess. Why are we playing checkers? And it seems like we really just want to play checkers. <laughs> Some people, yeah. they just... Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to. I mean, 
I'll step up on my pedestal again. I will. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you right now that um, for those that are listening and, and have teams and know your team is not playing accurately, the bottom line is for vintage baseball or 19th century baseball, whatever you want to call it, to get any kind of respect. For, and when I say respect, I mean to be considered a sport. Mm-hmm. And when I say considered a sport, to actually get on ESPN, which has always been my dream. Sure. And um, to, to do that, you have to show um, a consistency. Without consistency, it's, a, it's just a bunch of different people playing different games. And I, I've had dealings with John Thorne before, back, back in the day. And I don't know if we really want to get into that. But um, I've had dealings with John Thorne before. And part of the reason he's really not on board with this and some other people are not on board with this it's because there is no consistency and people, there are teams out there not playing authentically. And uh, I, I just think that that's, if, you, if you're really looking to make this, I mean, for, for God's sakes, Frisbee is on ESPN. Well, you know, <laughs> why can't vintage baseball be on ESPN? And uh, it, it drives me crazy. I've had, Short drive. I've, uh, I have also had some of the same goals as you. And I have come close. I believe that I had the Uncle Sam, the Uncle Sam tournament yep. at the Frankenmuth Festival was on ESPN. What was that plus or three or? Yeah, plus. The, it was essentially the Ocho. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's about as close as we're going to get. Boy, those were some awful people to do. Well, they, they got back, they got years ago. They got the um, the overhand game with the hill uh, hilltop hillies in Pittsfield. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, that was an it was an overhand game, but they weren't playing exactly the correct rules. And I've seen um, Birmingham Barons played a game which was overhand, but um, they weren't playing accurately either. And it was it was just like a little I don't know. We we get good responses when we play at minor league parks before, and people are asking questions, and they love to see it. And uh, but. Um, Well, Rudy, did you share that? This will be a good transition. Did you share that link? I did share it, and we have four people. If you want to go in order, first will be Swampy from uh, Diamond State. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go. uh, We're gonna give Tom the old pepper right now, and uh, as soon as we're done giving him the old pepper, we're gonna start bringing people in, and you will be in charge of who comes in and introducing them and all of that stuff, and we'll do our thing for. Whatever it takes. Here we go, Tom. When it's, when it's Christmas time and there's a plate full of iced cookies, what is the shape of the cookie you go for first? Art. <laughs> Name a Christmas song that you do not like. Oh, um, Mariah Carey's song, uh... All I want for Christmas is you. How dare you, sir? That's blasphemy. <laughs> no, I understand. That's uh, like saying you don't like the national <laughs> anthem. How dare you? Oh, you people in Midwest, for God's sakes. <laughs> what is one of the best gifts you ever got as a child? I, I would have to say the Atari back in the day. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. 
Did you know the guy who invented the Atari also started Chuck E. Cheese? Stick, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Hey, uh, it's true. Google it. I swear to God. Uh, When you do put up Christmas lights, Scrooge McDuck, what is your (laughs) what is your favorite color set of Christmas lights? Uh, Blue and white. Uh, Mets or Yankees? Mets. Build not a straight in though. (laughs) Build your favorite cheeseburger. All right. Well, obviously we've got cheese, uh, mushrooms, onions, ketchup. That's it. Favorite Christmas movie? Um, what's the one with the, uh, well, next die. to Die Hard. It's Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't remember the name of it. The one where um, the kid in the bunny suit. Um, oh, Christmas it's Christmas Hard. Story. Did you see the sequel, yes. A Christmas Story Christmas? No, I suggest that to everybody. It's it's excellent. Really? Uh, okay. it, it is. They did a fine job. Uh, there's a scene in that movie about carolers that I almost was in tears. By the way, Rudy and I are wearing the same shirt. It's a at Nakat- the same time. It's a Nakatomi Plaza shirt, and we did not plan this. Oh, nice. We did not plan that. <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Tom, what was your first car? Uh, a Mazda 626. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll take that back. The first car that I bought was a Mazda 626 used. The first car I ever drove and had um, was a 1973 Ford LTD wagon. Sweet. <laughs> what, was the, <laughs> what was the first concert you ever went to? Emerson Lake and Palmer, 1975. Wow. I think that's the second time they've they've been a, a a first concert for us it's impossible really no that's impossible i'm gonna we're gonna have to have yeah, somebody go back and do that work there's no way <laughs> <laughs> uh tom have you ever milked a cow no who was your favorite professional wrestler when you were a child rick flair and who is your mount rushmore of new york mets players personally Mets players, Tom Seaver, uh, uh, Jerry Kuzman. I'm going to say Dave Kingman, <laughs> even though I know he's not the best. It's I your, it's your Mount and, Rushmore. Uh, it's my Mount Rushmore. It's, so I get one more. I'm trying to think of who one more would be. Um, it's Mookie Wilson. <laughs> I like movie But I, I'm going to say this for my friend Steve Sullivan, Joe McEwen. Oh my God. Digging deep. I'm surprised I even know who that is. I need a life. <laughs> hey, Tom, before we start letting people in here, we want to thank you so much for bringing the knowledge and the class to our season ender for season three. Yeah. Uh, a true pleasure. Uh, I, I got to spend time with you, something I wanted to do when I was in New York and did not have a chance to do. So, uh, I know. thank you so much. It was an honor. Oh, no, my pleasure. Totally. And I'm, I'm excited to be on the show. Rudy, butter him up. Okay. <laughs> he says that now until we start letting people <laughs> in. So at least we got him on record saying that. Well, we're going to let you people guys keep in. Doing what you- 
space. We're going to ask them random questions. I, I hope you guys are going to think of questions off the top of your head. We all get, all three of us get one question to ask these people, and then we'll let them talk for a couple seconds if they got something to say. If they don't, we'll just boot their ass out of here. Did I just say that? All right. What just happened? All right, go ahead, Rudy. Uh, I would start, start at the, we're going to start at the top of the list, and it's Swampy coming in. Oh, my lover. My lover. Well, we should have we should have them introduce themselves. Just yes. I, I I mean that's what I'm thinking. And tell them what team they're from. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. Oh, his, his audio's connecting. Here we oh, go. Oh, there he is. Please introduce yourself, sir. <clears throat> Swamp, you got to introduce yourself. Oh, hey. <laughs> I didn't know that was addressed to me. Uh. This is Jeff Kambasinski in Delaware Swampy from the Diamond State Club. Okay, uh, Rudy, ask him your question. Uh, Swampy. Oh, crap. It was going to be like, who has the best uniforms in vintage baseball? Because our uniforms are the, like basically the exact same. But I'm not going to do that to you, Swampy. Um, <laughs> um, is it is um, Good start, Rudy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, you know what? You just put it on me. You're the, okay, uh, Swabby. Let me ask you this: um, What do you want for Christmas? There you go. <laughs> uh, twenty-four hours straight where I could just sleep and there's no expectations of me. Ooh. Oh, see, now I thought the answer would be hugs with big back. Well, that's a and that too. I mean. I could I could spoon with you, buddy. Oh, see, boy, he just see, he's just willing to spoon with anybody. You're kind of a whore, Tom. Tom. <laughs> I love him, Tom. Me, ask... me and Tom, it's it's more like ladling more than spooning. <laughs> Everybody likes a good soup. Probably not that one. Tom, ask him your question. Uh, my question is going to be a serious question. Uh, how did you get guys get the name Diamond State? Is it an authentic team, or is it? Um, I'm just curious. The the name Diamond State allegedly comes from Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jeff. I mean, now a little bit of history here, just briefly. Delaware was originally the lower three counties of Pennsylvania, and they didn't actually separate until after the Revolutionary War. And somewhere in there, Thomas Jefferson refers to Delaware as the di the diamond st state of the the colonies, right? Um, so that's how that's how Delaware generally gets the nickname the Diamond State. And then when you fast forward to 1866 and these bunch of lawyer October of 1865 a bunch of these lawyers in Wilmington are putting together a club and they're like, we're going to be the premier club in the entire state. In fact, and you know, it's just total hubris. We're going to be the diamond state baseball club. So that's, that's how that happens. Uh, all right. Next question cool. uh, is I, for I, me. Is that, it, uh, I know it's off your focus, but can I ask one more question? What the hell? Thomas, the first guy you're already stepping over the line. All right, go ahead, Tom. <laughs> Just one more. It's your, it's your more. episode. You go ahead. Okay. Swampy, you're playing right field. Yeah. A big hitter comes up, 
and he hits one down the right field line on a fly. What do you do? I chase the ball. <laughs> like, dude, I, no, I'm not. Right I'm, is you watch big back get the third base, dude. <laughs> I, I'm, I hit I'm ball not. at Diamond State. <laughs> I hit a ball. We played down in um, Rising Sun. And uh, it was Swampy was in right field. And I, for people that know me, I can go to any field. And I hit it down the right field line. And all I hear is, oh, fuck. And I'm like, the slow as could be. And still make it the third base. All right. Yeah, uh, well, there's probably, yeah, there's probably some salty language that happens before I do that other stuff. Yes, that's true. <laughs> All right, we got somebody on deck, but here's my question. I love you, here's my uh, question for uh, Jeff: uh, Have you ever lost a toenail? Lost? Uh, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. Good answer. Next Ooh. guest. Swampy, <laughs> it was so good to see you. Have a happy holiday. Swampy, the only one. Good questions. <laughs> Next guest. All right, here comes our next guest. Here comes Tim. <laughs> Stats, I believe. Stats. Numbers. What did it call? Uh, numbers. Yeah, you couldn't say stats. That wouldn't be cool. Tim, yeah. how you doing? Beer roller, it's a pleasure to see you again. Uh, thank you. Uh, a pleasure to have you here. And here comes Rudy's question. Listen, Tim. Let me ask you this question. When you were strolling through the neighborhood at this time of year, what type of home in their uh, their light decorations pleases your eye? Like, is there a color scheme? Are you looking for particular characters? What, what do you think? I normally like to look at the lights that are overhanging from like the ceiling, like the like right above the porch, the trees and leaves. Yeah. Uh, Tom, before you ask your question, just some background on Tim. He travels around Michigan and he does official scoring for random games in vintage baseball. He's a true treasure to the vintage baseball community, and he keeps score correctly, which is yeah, nice. uh, a big deal. Well, my home, my home team is the Wahoo Baseball Club of Royal Oak. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Enough advertising. Okay, nice. Tom, ask your question. <laughs> Now this is the chat. What's that? that? You do it the chat way of scoring. I try to. Wow, wow, that's cool. That's cool. My question: uh, Have you ever sang Christmas carols through the neighborhood? I have not. Oh, that's too bad. Hey, Uh, Tim, if you could get rid of one Marvel universe superhero if you could just get rid of them who would it be of course you would ask me the one thing i know the least about yeah <laughs> just pick one you hate them all apparently so just pick. <laughs> if you say the wonder twins i'm gonna come over there right now oh i'll say thor just because i want everyone to have focus on someone else all right uh tim you have a happy holiday uh, thanks for coming in. You too, and, everybody. And uh, you take care of yourself. Happy New Year, Tim. Well, thanks for stopping by, Tim. Yep. See you soon on a few. All right. Next. You won't see me. Is 
You won't see Tom on a field. <laughs> yeah, I guess he we'll was talking you to you, Rudy. <laughs> we'll see you on the field. Soon. Who's next? Rudy? Here he comes. Oh, mm. it's uh it's a fellow roller out the barrel. Uh gentleman, Landon Yeti Smith. Landon, how you doing? I haven't seen you in so long. Rudy? Been a little while. Seems like we uh haven't seen each other since the um, world been, tournament. Worlds, yeah. Uh, are you going out with the black flags to Silver Ball? I am. Congratulations Ooh. on that. That sounds like a good time. Getting, uh, we got a bunch of good festivals all planned up. I'll be going to Chicago. We going down to, I think Nashville. Going to the Tulip Festival. Um, going to Gettysburg. It'd be a pretty good year this year. Oh, that counts as my question. Damn it. Uh, Yeti, you have a great Christmas, and we're going to turn it over to Tom. We're going to go in reverse order. Tom, what's your question for Yeti? Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> well, first, <laughs> first, I need to know what team he plays for. I, I've seen you, Landon, many times on Facebook. Play for the Cincinnati Buckeyes and the um, Black Flags of Driverton. Okay, cool. Personally, what's the furthest you've traveled for vintage baseball? Hmm. Furthest I traveled has uh, has been for uh, out to um, Field of Dreams out in Iowa. We went out there this year. Very nice. Good question, Tom. Nice. Six Tom Wait, can I ask one more question? What, go for it. What do you think this is? A circus? Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. I'm taking a little <laughs> Do it. All right. Here's your next question, Landon. You ready? Ready. I, I lived in Cincinnati for 10 years. Oh. Skyline or Gold Star? Oh, this is an I important to, one. I used to, I am a franchise owner of a Skyline, sir. Bravo. Oh. Bravo. <laughs> I didn't realize Goodness. you were such a Mr. Big Shot. I, wow. Nice flex. I don't really. Uh, I don't remember getting any chili in the mail. On turnover, turnover all my lease. Uh, yeah, he's good. You just get a hold. I do a little bit of a lot of everything. It's true, you do. You want to out? Now, did you print out this franchise on your 3D printer? No, this is before my 3D printer. Oh, I'm way over on my question. <laughs> well, before it. Rudy, you've had so much time. I'm sure this is going to be the best question of the night. Go ahead, ask him. What's your favorite color? What <laughs> <laughs> color underwear are you wearing, Rudy? <laughs> Ooh, underwear. What's that? No. Uh, let me ask you this question because you are a, jo- a mountain of a man and your strength scares me. Um, let's say this. There's a runner at second. There are two outs. It's the bottom of the ninth. You're up to bat. Who do you want pitching to you? Well, um, be truthful in that. I I wouldn't mind uh, Big Dog because he's a. I I drill on him all day long. (laughs) That's the answer we were looking for. Landon, I hope you and your lovely wife that you made sweet, sweet love to at World Tournament, I hope you (laughs) have a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. And thank you. Uh, A little personal message for me. Thank you for going out to all these fields that you travel to during vintage baseball and doing, you do a little video clip of either somebody who's interesting or you've started doing the, the landscape of the fields to give everybody a feel of what the, uh, the fields look like everywhere. It's, 
it doesn't get the kudos from people, but it should because he's doing a service for the entire vintage baseball community. So I want to thank you because I didn't really ask you to do it. I just kind of told you to. (laughs) You did kind of just tell me to. Well, I do have a question for Tom since he said he was Cincinnati. Okay. Okay. Where'd you live at in Cincinnati, Tom? Um, I lived in Clifton. I went to Xavier. Okay. Uh, do I, no, nothing for that. Nothing for that. Damn it! <laughs> you didn't go to UC. You lived in Clifton. You went. You didn't go to UC. You, you went no, to no. I, well, I actually I lived on Xavier campus the first two years, but then I lived in Clifton. Oh, and it really ended on a. I lived in Clifton for a little while too. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Up in town. Yeti, it was so good to see you. <laughs> good take, to see you too. Take care of yourself, my friend. See you guys. Have a happy you. holidays. You guys do the same. Do we have this anybody is going else? Well, and, <laughs> oh my! Do we have anybody else? There is a line, dude. Do it. I know. Okay. I told you it's next show. Next up is uh, pockets. Uh oh. <laughs> is this an East Coast gentleman, Tom? No, she's a woman. Oh, pockets! <laughs> it's uh, Kelly Schultz, right? That's right. Uh, yes. <laughs> I uh, at the Old Beth Page. Doc Adams festival, I had uh, Kelly come over and sit next to me and she didn't realize it, but I was, I was getting her right into an interview and she's like, oh, okay. And then we just went and I interviewed her. She didn't exactly know how much time I was about to steal from her, but, uh, uh out, out of all of your old Beth page interviews, uh, pockets was my favorite. I'm not going to lie. Well, there was stuff and in so there. I'm, 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 I mean, she she yeah. she she was on the architectural team of one of the new towers, uh, and and the, and if I remember correctly, was part of the Google building. Uh, I think it was the Google yep. building. So, uh, such an interesting person, such a delight. Rudy, what is your question for Kelly? Oh my gosh, you, I don't. Uh, you, during that interview, I was yelling questions out like you could hear me. I'd, I'd be like, ask this question. Just ask the but first question now that comes you put to me your on head. The spot. Just ask her. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. <laughs> um, uh, Mount Rushmore, of the uh, oh. Yankee Mount Rushmore. Oh. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Boo Gehrig, Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle. Wow. That's a good one. She has an old soul. I like it. <laughs> Tom, what is your question that you've never asked Kelly before? This is going to be a good one, mind you, and it's going to stir up problems. Your favorite oh. My favorite mutual? Don't say it. My husband. Oh, God. Ah. Boom. Boom. Now. That's a good question. Can you the answer? Let's, she uh, let's pretend your husband's been traded to another team. Yes. For a bag of balls. Somebody finally got a bag of balls from another team for your husband. (laughs) Who's your favorite mutual? (laughs) Legs. All right. My my question is this. What do you find about the Christmas season that you and your husband do that you find to be very romantic? Nothing. Whoa. Let me talk to your husband. <laughs> let, me, let me talk to your husband. What am I answering? What? Sir. Most romantic thing on Christmas? Hey. 
not traveling on Christmas oh, that, Day. That's true. We host. Jeez, that's oh, no, yeah. That is not. Do you guys do anything? Do you have a tradition that you two do every Christmas? It doesn't have to be anything major. Do you guys go look at lights? Do you go to a certain shopping area on a certain day? I mean, my wife watches a lot of these Hallmark Christmas movies, and I'm in the room. I think I'm I'm taking stuff in osmosisly. Is that a word? Yeah, that's a word. Oh, sweet. What are you guys looking forward to coming up in the uh, the next season on the mutual schedule? Ooh. Traveling yeah. with a new puppy. Yeah. Ooh, that's a lot of poop. Follow up. What kind of what kind of puppy? A beagle. Let me show you her. Yes. Oh, Happy right. to show Happy. off the dog. Show and tell. Show I'm and tell. I'm a sucker for a hound. Oh yeah, she's a hound dog too. Oh, oh my god, dude, so precious. Oh, look at those doggy kisses. All right. Okay. Hey, you guys have a happy holiday. Uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. Yeah. Be safe. Bye, Paquito. Bye, Pat. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This More people are showing up. Okay. Do it. Um, Thomas Fiogelio. Feriglio. Feriglio. Yeah. I nailed that last name. All right. <laughs> you know how many issues of <laughs> You couldn't get fi- Foriglio. Is that like Ferrigno? That's it's close to Ferrigno. Foriglio. Tom, do you know? Do you know this Tom? Yes, he's. Um, he was the captain of the Mutuals. He still plays on the Mutuals. His nickname is Dirt. All right, we're going to start with you then. We're going to have you go uh, and uh, talk to Tom. Thomas, can you hear us? Thomas, are you there? Thomas, answer the phone. There he is. <laughs> yeah, here I am. Oh, it's another hey. one of those karaoke singers. Thomas. <laughs> uh, Big Bat, ask Thomas your question. All right, Tom, you're on the spotlight. Oh. If you could change one your wife has what would it be <laughs> what was that if you could change one habit your wife has what would it be oh. going out and getting drunk with you oh <laughs> that's not fun. yeah yeah that's uh it. no uh putting away your stuff <laughs> put away your damn stuff shoe. yeah the shoes are everywhere <laughs> rudy um <clears throat> Tom, um, if I remember correctly, you are a fellow fair foul artiste. Uh, yes. Can you pick out one that stands out in your memory as like, that was probably one of the best fair fouls I've ever hit. Uh, actually I could, um, we were playing in Gettysburg and I fouled one. Um, I forget who we were playing. Uh, but right into a, a whole crowd of people and maybe into like a, some kid's little tent or something. And, uh, I got a double out of it and, uh, the shortstop or second baseman complimenting me on it. Nice. So it's always, it's always good when the, um, the opposing players, uh, opposing team compliments you. Dude, uh, I'm going to just take a second here. Hold on. Barrow. Uh, when <laughs> we were playing the mutuals, I, uh, he attempted to, he was batting 
right-handed attempted to a fair foul down the first baseline missed on his first attempt. And I was like, Oh my gosh, can you do that? And I was like, here, where do you want the ball? I'm going to give it to you there. Cause I just want to see it done. <laughs> and I think it was a double situation. I think you definitely got a double against the capitals on that, but it was just like, we were just like excited to see it. And, and I uh, get excited to see other people doing it. So thanks. Thanks. Yeah. The other one uh, at the village, um, I hit it so foul and we have um, behind our benches actually there's a shed uh, and there's there's bush and stuff and I got it into there and I think I might have gotten a home run out of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Last follow up. How many home runs? Ballpark it. How many home runs have you hit off of a fair foul? Oh, that might be the only one. Okay. Because I've only got Maybe one. Two. Too, so. I've got one. That's it. So, yeah. Okay. All right. My question is, do the gentlemen on the East Coast question your manliness when you do a fair foul like they do in the Midwest? <laughs> they um, no, I think it's more and more. Mostly the guys from the Atlantic that bust my chops. That sounds about right. Sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Thomas. Thank no, you. For- uh, no, usually I get a, I get a compliment. So that's always nice to, nice to get. Thanks for coming in. We appreciate you. All Tom, right. Tom, say goodbye to him. Give him kisses and stuff. Bye, Jared. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Love you, Matt. Ma. Love you. Take Love care you of you, too. Thanks for coming in. Happy holidays. Okay. Happy New Year. Okay, thanks. Thanks for having us. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, that warmed my heart. Okay, sorry. Uh, um, <clears throat> there are still nine people in the waiting room. No, that's all right. People, all right. It's obvious people like Tom, so let's just keep going. Tom's a well-liked Here individual. Comes- <laughs> Here comes Bob. Hey, Bob. Ah. His name's Bob, Tom. You don't know who it is. There's a million Bobs I in do. the city. There's only one Bob out there. <laughs> There's so many Bobs. Uh, uh, Rudy, this is when you start yeah, thinking right. of your question, by the way. Go ahead and start thinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bob, can you hear us? I can hear you, yes. Bob, please introduce yourself and tell us your affiliation with Vintage Baseball. Oh, so let's see. Name's Bob Seltzer, and uh, I guess I'm just a guest player on uh, the Mutuals when I visit New York. I'm uh, living in uh, Orlando, Florida at the time. Well, actually, last 20 years or so. Damn it. So I used to get up there about every summer and, and, and join the team for a game or two. Tom, is this the Bob that you were referring to? Yes, I told you. Damn it. All right, Tom, go ahead. Ask him a question. All right, Bob. Um, wow. Um. <laughs> you there, Bob? Was that a question? I'm there. Oh, there you are. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's coming in. He's coming in hot on the video. All right, ask it again, Tom. Why did you root for the Mets of all teams? Mets. Wow. I guess it was just from heritage. Mom and dad rooted for the Mets. It goes back to, I guess, mom was the, uh, boy, was she the Dodger fan? Yeah, she was a Dodger fan. And dad was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. And who was, so where did the colors come from? The Dodgers and the Giants, right? That's right. Yeah. And so uh, when they left town, you know, who else could you root for, but what they left behind. And, you know, they were, they were the sad losers. You know, you didn't, you haven't, you didn't want to root for the Yankees, right? That was too easy. <laughs> All right. I got your next question, Bob. I got to give Rudy more time to think. Uh, 
Bob, is it correct that you live in Orlando, Florida? It is correct. Is it true that Orlando, Orlando, Florida is considered one of the safest cities in Florida from natural disasters? I guess yes or no. I would say yes, but except we are the lightning capital of the world. So if you want to get struck by lightning, this is the place to come. Oh, so that's bullshit. What I've heard is wrong. Oh, the internet got me again. Rudy, ask him a question. <laughs> Could the internet lie to you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I mean, Disney did pick its location for a reason in terms of the hurricanes. By the time the hurricanes get to us, it's typically a tropical, you know, a level one or a, or a tropical storm. So they did pick it for that reason. Let me let me ask you this question, Bob. Oh, um, it's the holiday season and. I think there aren't many seasons in Orlando, Florida. I think there's like two, like hell, hot as hell. <laughs> and then summer, I think, if I if I remember um, what are you putting out decorations this time of year in Orlando? What's the decoration situation like in Orlando? Oh, they do. It's pretty much I mean, actually, it's it's so much easier to do. Right. So you're not putting on gloves and parkas to do this or this ordeal. Right. So, yeah, I mean, people get really into it. So, um, and it's usually the day, you know, weekend after Thanksgiving till first week in January. So it's a big deal. They still do it. Follow-up question. Are you personally (laughs) decorating your home? Uh, Not so much. I'm not, you know, I'm, (laughs) a little, you know, I put on the, put on the little wreath in front of the door and, that's Sometimes it. I call it a day. That's you know, a, after the kid, after is that, the kid is that all older, your work, right? Bob, is that all you're wearing at the front door is a little wreath? That's it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tom, so, say goodbye to your friend, Bob. Love you, Bob. Take care. And all right, be you, Thanks for coming on. I will. Yeah. And by the way, Orlando dreamers, they're trying to get a major league baseball team in Orlando. They've been doing this last two years. Go to Orlando dreamers.com. That's oh, not a no plugging here, Bob. There's that, no plug. Yeah, that's a great plug. No, it sounded like a strip joint until he said baseball. So I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanks, bye, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Have a good Christmas. All right. Jay, Jay. You too. <laughs> And now at Orlando Dreamers, it's Cinnamon. <laughs> oh my goodness! Who's All right, next? We have uh, Andy Limbo. I haven't Andy had a Limbo. single one of my baseball friends come in here, and Rudy, you haven't either. This oh, they're is... coming! Don't worry, oh, they're coming. Wait, what part are we supposed to believe? That baseball friends? Uh, Andy if Limbo. You have other friends? I am social media friends with Andy Limbo. That's it. That's all. Yeah. We have no relationship. Andy, are you there? Andy, damn it. Listen to me. Are you there? Andy. Is Andy. Let's I'm going to ask Andy to. Andy. Start his video. Start your video. Start your audio. Start your engines. Oh, uh, you remember shoots and ladders? Turn your turn, <laughs> turn your laptop up. Come on, right? Beer. Oh, we got nothing nope. from Andy. Andy, we're gonna put you back in the uh, on deck circle. Keep working on it. All right, five, four, three, two, 
one. Keep working on it, Andy. Five bucks. We're going to try. Five to... bucks. Andy walked away from his his la- their laptop. All right, ready? All right, next one. <laughs> we all know him. We all love him. Do we? Here comes Corky. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Corky. Hey, look, it's somebody we're closer oh. to than Tom. I mean, geographically. <laughs> <laughs> geographically, we're closer to Corky. I believe I We can count closest. him as Midwest. Uh, I am the closest, so I will ask him the first question when he gets in here. Thank you. Corky, how you doing? Terrible things in yourself. Corky, what'd you think of the time I came into your baseball Zoom with my Michael Myers mask and didn't say anything for two hours? You have to we we that was a highlight of my great. Halloween season. I just, I must tell you, it, it took everything of my, it took everything to not say anything. I just stood there and looked in the camera for two hours as Michael Myers. It's really a highlight. Uh, Corky, what's your next favorite sport behind uh, baseball? Probably baseball. Did any of you other two hear that? I'm getting, he's choppy to me. Basketball. You said basketball. Okay, basketball. NBA or college? Oh, I'm sorry. I think it's the game for you to play, not a lot. He, it, barrel roller, he thought you meant play, not watch. Oh, I, either one, I guess, is what I mean. It's whatever you want to answer. I thought you were going to say pickleball. Tom, what was your uh, question for Corky? My first question is, why is he sound so shitty for a guy who does Zooms all the time? Yeah, he does a baseball Zoom. You don't sound like this during those baseball Zooms. Let's tell everybody right now that's listening to this. This is not what Corky sounds like all the time on the baseball Zooms. No, his teams are awesome. (laughs) It sounds like your 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 mic is uh not selected. Or maybe he's in a cave. This is uh this is the kind of thing Rudy has to go over with me all the time because I'm incapable. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right, Cork, here's your question. Most embarrassing moment in vintage baseball. Oh, good question. Good question. Okay, so this is actually pretty pretty easy. My my very first Ohio Cup, I made I made three out before one of the players on my team got a single at bat. Huh. <laughs> because of that. And then they changed that since now Ohio Cup, they don't do the follow the last out in the order thing. Um, and so they just to avoid that happening. I, had, I, had, I think one of them was a double play. Oh, um, so, yeah, I kept coming back. Uh, it did stop. Oh, <laughs> my God. Rudy! That's... I mean, that's impressive. Let's be honest. That's not embarrassing. <laughs> that's impressive. Congratulations, Corky. I mean, Corky. Three outs. Oh my gosh. Um, let me ask you this question. 
has nothing to do with any type of sporting event. Um, I have tasted some of your baking and your cookies, <laughs> and they are delicious. Let me ask you this. Um, you're you're going someplace. You got to make a good first impression. You're going to bake something. And and what is that going to be? Oh, yes. Oh, good. Answer. Yes. Good answer. So I, I have been mentioned sport so that a gentleman who every year gave me $100 for a pan of baklava wow. so that he could take it to his family. Um, so it's just been one of those things where I couldn't make it and people want it. Do, is this common knowledge in the community? Do we know that no. we have a baklava champion? No. We do Grand not. champion? No. Nobody knows this. this we, is... Like me know that. Everybody knows it now. They talk to me and they reach out and ask me questions. Everyone's going to stop. Everyone's going to stop buying balls from Corky (laughs) because they've moved on to something else now. Uh, Corky, happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And I want to say, I want to say thank you to uh, all the contributions you do to vintage baseball. You are a, uh, a gentleman and a scholar, and nobody's ever fit those words more than you. So uh, I thank you. Thank you. Fine representative of the game, a fine representative. Thank you, Hank. Tom, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're doing this. If you can ask the yak a little bit with you, uh, hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Really yeah. Always good to see you guys. Uh, maybe one day I'll be important enough that I'll get asked to be on the show. Hey, Corky, plug your Zoom while you're here. Plug it. All right. Tuesday night. Zoom. Seven, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. We have a great time. Yep. I encourage everybody to check it out. Corky, yeah. it was so good to see you. Have a wonderful evening and a happy holiday. You too. Merry Christmas. Baklava. Bye. Baklava. All right, Baklava. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Well, he's going to no. have to oh bring gosh. it. We got to find out if he's coming to Ohio Cup next year. Oh, he's coming to the Ohio Cup. Well, then we got to get All some. Right. <laughs> yep. Um... Robert Seltzer. That was Bob. He's on there twice. Bob, damn it. How many times do you think you're coming in here? What is he <laughs> doing here? Because Bob and Robert Seltzer are listed. Okay. Um, uh, it's uh, sneaky. I'm impressed. Brian. <laughs> uh, okay. Wait, Brian doesn't know he's coming in because I've been telling people there who's next and who's on deck okay. and everything. So we're just going to send Brian Shaggy in. Here we go. There we nice. go. Oh, Brandywine Baseball Club. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. I don't know who this is. So, uh, Tom, do you know who this is? Shaq. Yeah, Shaq. He's a great representative of the game. He's the captain of the Brandywine. Oh, you're going to take the lead on this then. Oh. <laughs> hey, you got to you gotta put your star in the game when the, the timing's right. Uh, Andy. <laughs> starter. Andy's on deck. Get your shit together, Andy. Okay. <laughs> or is it a different Andy? <laughs> no, I think it's the same Andy. Okay. <laughs> All right. As we're still as, uh, connecting uh, to the Shaggy's audio. Shaggy's audio is connected. Uh, hey, if you've listened this long into the episode, we appreciate you. Don't forget, on the 23rd, this coming Friday, we release our interview with Santa Claus. Rudy and I both agree it's the best thing we've ever done. Uh, so make sure you're checking that out. Brian. Uh, from the Brandywine Baseball Club, here comes your first question from Tom. 
Is he there? Yeah, he's here. Yep. Oh, see him. Okay. Hi, Brian. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> wow, the hair's getting long there, dude. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, they put me on the spot. You should, I'm going to pull a Rudy on this one and think a little. Oh, geez. <laughs> or we'll skip you. I'll I'll start with Brian. Brian. Okay. For one, your hair does not look manageable at all. Uh, <laughs> two, I noticed that you were wearing a silicone wedding ring when you got married. Did you go with Did you go with a normal wedding ring and say I can't do this and and switch to the silicone, or did you start with that? I started with the normal wedding ring, and then I switched to the silicone because it is just I, it was getting all dinged up and messed up. So silicone was the way to go plus vintage ball i don't dare wear a, a metal ring <laughs> all right so note People to tom and rudy that wear their re- no rudy you be quiet <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give note, tom some more note time to rudy um, and tom this is how you do that that's how you ask questions on the fly you guys are still thinking Listen. i got i got a i got a brilliant question right. i have a question all right of all questions i apologize anyway rudy the floor is yours okay I, 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 I want to, uh, yes, uh, get on board silicone wedding band. It's like, I have a real one and I wear it for special occasions. So, uh, this question that I've had on deck is, um, question for Rudy. So do you condition? No question for Rudy. <laughs> is this podcast yes. a special occasion? <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. No. Back, back to your question for Brian. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Oh, hey, Brian, <laughs> what's your favorite color? No, I'm joking, <laughs> Brian. Uh, so uh, I heard through the grapevine that are are you in, uh, running or in charge of uh, the Brandywine Baseball Club? I'm in charge. When did this happen? And was this something that when you got into vintage baseball, you're like, one day I want to be in charge? <laughs> uh, no, um, I... <laughs> It happened in 2013. Um, I found a post uh, about vintage baseball that was from the Diamond State Baseball Club, and I went to one of their games, their last game of the season in 2012 to check it out. And they were like, hey, so we're looking to start a club um, in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Here you go. (laughs) And I was... I, it all was just dumped into my lap and I had no real choice. <laughs> what, what, so it was, it was just kind of handed to me. Brian, what did your hair look like in 2013? Um, not, not this long. That's for sure. Was it, it wasn't as glorious. Okay. Tom question no, for Brian. What the Rudy took my question. What the hell? Oh, is that the game we're going to play now? Is that what we're? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Brian. Favorite place you went on a vacation to? There you go. Oh, uh, I would say Singapore. Oh, I loved it. Damn. No, tell yeah. us more. Tell more? us more. Tell us more. Um, well, it started as work and then it, it turned into a two week vacation with my wife. Um, we, I, I worked for a um, solar company, a German company out of uh in Pennsylvania, and they had opened up a plant in Singapore and their unemployment level is so low that they struggle to actually get people to uh, come in for new jobs. Um, so to offset that 
um, lack of production, they sent a couple people from our plant over to work for a month. So I got to work over there for a month. And then my wife and I spent uh, a week or two over there and we went there. We went to Malaysia. Um, the American dollar went a long way at the time. It was like a little over double one of the uh, Singaporean dollars. So it was, uh, it was a good time. You had me thinking you wow. were the smartest person in the world until you said Singaporean. <laughs> and you been... <laughs> hey, uh, you said osmosisly uh, earlier in this. Yeah, podcast. I know. Well, hey, I'm, I, uh, I have n- I no defense. Hey, Brian, thanks for coming in. Happy holidays, a merry yep. Christmas to you. Uh, you too. Good luck on the, on the season coming up Later. for Brandywine, and uh, we all wish you well. Thank you. Thanks. Later, guys. All right. Oh, so do you want to try Andy one more time? Oh, motherfucker. Let's, let's see and, what Andy's up and to. Then <laughs> we could do Andy, and then we have a very special guest. Oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Here's, here's Andy. I, I like being Andy... titillated. One of my favorite <laughs> things is being titillated. Oh, <sighs> my gosh. I'm, I'm concerned. Okay, Why? hang on. Uh, you'll see you're the co-host you can see who's in the waiting room i'm not looking i only see us three i i don't i don't tend to hit buttons because i uh i'm afraid okay fair enough (laughs) all right so the i just i just did okay i'm gonna andy's in here twice andy if you're listening i i admire your perseverance i'm gonna try the other andy try the other andy let's see try the other andy let's see what we we got out here uh, this better not suck. Okay, Andy. It, are you in here? <laughs> Andy's here. Andy, Andy, oh. unmute your microphone. Okay, we're gonna get video, and then oh oh oh, Andy, say something. This when, is what's going on here. Yeah, there is. Andy. Oh. Hold on. No, no. Hold on. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Did you hear the part where I'm out of beer? <laughs> I just I just dropped my beer, so oh. I don't think I can open it now. Uh, so my question for you, I got Andy. My nice, no, don't say another word. Uh, no, 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 no. You're ruining my question. Making fun of the Astros. You are ruining my question. Do not do it, sir. My bad. Andy, tell me the beer that you're drinking. <laughs> give me and give me a full review of that beer. Yeah, I'm going to have to wait a minute to open it, but it's called uh, Trash Can Banger. If you can notice, it's the old <laughs> Astros uniform. <laughs> and it's hopped with uh, 2017 uh, hops. Oh, my God. It's That's canned cool. It's canned with bad decisions and evil. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, pretty much. But I- it makes a loud noise. Yes. I'm I'm just saying it didn't explode to me like the last one I dropped. Is the microphone that we're talking to you on on your chest, taped to your chest under your <laughs> no. shirt? Okay, uh, Rudy. No, it's not. Rudy, question. <laughs> Andy, thanks for joining us. Um, let me ask you this: uh, It's the holiday season, and Barrel Roller has been asking during uh, "Give Him the Old Pepper." What's one cr- uh, holiday Christmas song you're tired of? I want to hear one that you get 
pumped by. Mm. One you 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 want to hear. Yes. Okay. Uh, there's actually two. Oh, go, go for it. Um, my favorite Christmas song of all time is um, by Billy Squire. Uh, Christmas is the oh, time to say I love you. Yes. That's a deep cut. But yeah, but my sec my second favorite one, and it's not even a good. It's not even a safe for work Christmas song. It's called Merry Xmas. Uh, says a text message. And it's basically about a woman that bra- breaks up with her abusive boyfriend. And he says, Merry Xmas. And she goes, oh, fuck you. Or F you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Good cover up on the swear word. You just cost us $10,000. Uh, Tom, <laughs> what is your question for Andy? Motherfucker, that cost you ten thousand dollars. There you go. Whoa, we are a family <laughs> show once in a while. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Not today, but we are um, once in a while. I know Andy, so I'm gonna th- I'm trying to think of a question. Um Oh, something favorite you... place to play, Andy. Oh, good one. That's a tough question because I don't want you to well, hurt me. Tough was... question. Um I I really like playing in Gettysburg because of the historical reasons of it. Um, but my favorite field is probably the one in Pennsylvania. Um, I don't remember the what town, but it's the one with the the corn in the out in the outfield. Oh, is that Mohican? Yeah, uh, yeah, Kenneth Square. Kenneth yeah, Square. Yeah, Kenneth Square. Yeah, I've Andy, seen pictures. Yeah, yeah. We we had a pre meeting before the Zoom, and you're supposed to say Obed Page Restoration. That was the deal. <laughs> Oh, you should have told me that on the side. I did. (laughs) Get on this doom, dude. Damn it. Andy, thanks for coming in. Uh, We appreciate you. Uh, Good luck next season. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year. Take care of yourself. Take care. I'm there. Bye, Andy. All right. So this is going to be the last guest. Okay. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. I knew this would make you very happy, Barrel Roller. Okay. Uh, Here it comes. I want to write. Can I write down what she's going to say? I can't see who it is. It. It is my lovely and patient <laughs> and understanding wife um, who is currently parenting a, uh, a two-year-old and a five-year-old upstairs. Um, I'm going to ask her to un- unmute. Uh, give me one second. Um, oh, please unmute. I've written down what I believe I'm about to hear. Um, I've got a load I, of questions for Rudy. A load of uh, questions. Oh, you, I mean, when I told, when I explained to my <laughs> wife that we would be putting the Zoom leak out to the public, uh, her first question was, "Where can I find it?" Oh no. Um. So, I'm I'm hoping that she's forgotten. I got a question and that for one her. of the children. Have t- no, I've got a no, question. I think the children have. T- no, Take, have they I taken the, the phone from have her? Taken the phone, and there's nobody else think, in line. Well, Everybody else is gone. Wait up! I hear her. Oh, she's coming down to give oh, us no. the personal treatment. 
Um. Yay! Wait, you gotta turn. <laughs> Here it comes. Did she um, write you a note? <laughs> hang on. All right. Hop, I, I feel like there was a question. We all have questions <laughs> for her. She started to come into the Zoom. We all have to ask her a question. I mean, that's the rule of the Zoom. Staff? I have a question for her. Oh, they have questions for you. Here, no, we all do. You so do too. The first so. question. <laughs> the first question was I can't see her. What was it, Javi? Upstairs. When is dad going to come upstairs? Um, uh, well, we, you are officially the last guest. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you have, uh, they have questions for you now. So. First, I want to write, I want to announce what I wrote down as to what she was going to have her message be. My husband has to come upstairs. All right. So <laughs> I just read, read that. That happened. Michelle, <laughs> here's my question for you. You're a vegetarian. So for Thanksgiving, you have a tofurkey, but yes. traditionally for the Christmas holiday, a ham is what you would come across. I asked Rudy this question last week, and he said, you just go ahead and have another tofurkey for Christmas, but I didn't believe him. What do you have for Christmas? It's true. We double up on the tofurkey because they're so delicious. That's not why you do it. Is there just nothing else? <laughs> Is there no toe Mostly ham? we just eat Christmas cookies, to be completely honest. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Uh, so you double yeah. up on the tofurkey. Okay. That, that was a serious question. I didn't know if there was – I know it sounds like a dumb question, but I didn't know oh, if there was gosh. an equivalent to ham. Is there, that, there's not a, a tofu ham yet, but it could be a million-dollar idea. Are they working on it right so. now? Okay. Uh-huh. I think they are. Tom, is there a question you'd like to ask uh, Rudy's very classy wife? We might need an hour show for this answer. Oh, God. Okay, but I'm going to say it now. Why, Rudy? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Because he's so handsome, and I love vintage baseball. So I was like, wow. Michelle. All right, no, no. Anti-podcast? No. I mean, <laughs> he's the whole package here, folks. Oh, he is. Well, that's not true at so, all. Oh, the first part. So the second trouble. part's true. The second part's true. But no, no, Michelle. That's okay. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let me take this time as we end this episode. Thanks for everybody out there for listening to three seasons of this stuff uh season four we're rudy and i have committed to we're gonna go through season four and bring you everything there is to do with vintage baseball that we can uh don't forget this friday we have santa claus uh being interviewed it's the best thing we ever done next year we have committed to the akron cup oh by the way by the way breaking news the mightiest striker and the gingerly gentlemen are happening at the akron cup uh that's not completely final yet but it's really close so i'm going to announce it um what else in the uh this is the last episode of the season so you'll see us in february uh you're going to get some movie uh some movie podcasts in the meantime but uh, no vintage baseball until february uh we want to take this time to thank tom big bat thank you 
from the New York Mutuals for classing up the joint and giving us a proper send-off for Season 3. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Rudy, I want to take this time to thank you for coming on to this this uh, this endeavor halfway through the season and, uh, you know, doing your thing, making it better. Here we are. Thank you. Oh, thank you. No, this is great. Tom, thank you so much. I mean, I consider myself very lucky to have met you so many, many, many years ago and, and continue this friendship and this relationship. Uh, Barrel Roller, you are a gem to the community. I am so lucky to be a part of this. And I, we, on behalf of Big Bat and the Barrel Roller, we want to wish everybody a happy holidays out there. And um, we want to remind you to keep it station to station. And we'll see you out in the field. That's all Tom and I can do is go station to station. That's, that's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Bye, everybody. Happy holidays, everybody.